Will we consume more and more technologies, or will those same revolutionary technologies consume us? Please join me on this episodic podcast journey that I'm hoping will help us make smarter choices on how technology will impact and arguably change our lives. Hi, this is Ralph, and welcome to the eighth episode of Technology Evolutions and Revolutions. Look to the past to better see the future. In our last episode, we talked about using cloud computing as a vehicle to facilitate IT transformation. Most importantly, we talked about leveraging a managed service provider to monitor and manage your cloud environment, thereby freeing in-house resources to focus on bringing new digital technologies to the business. We do this in order to change how products and services were delivered, to change how they were consumed, and to change who consumed them. So let's begin to look a bit closer at some of those new technologies, some of which I mentioned briefly in Episode 5. Now, let me first state up front that I don't pretend to be the ultimate source of all new and future technologies. New ones are being developed on what seems to be an almost daily basis. And while I'm always intrigued by the future of what's possible, I do think it's important to understand the impact of any new technology on our business, on our lives, and even on our society as a whole. Having seen so many technologies developed and evolve over time, I try not to get too excited by them, at least until I can answer some important questions. Questions like, what business or personal need are these new technologies trying to fill? Or what will be gained by using this new technology and what are the risks? What impact will the technology have on our lives or our society as a whole? Even moral and ethical questions at times. I've seen so many new technologies come and go, some that were supposed to be groundbreaking and over time didn't really get the anticipated traction that they needed to reach the masses. Some refer to this as the hype cycle, if you will. It comes in five phases. First, the technology trigger. Then the peak of inflated expectations. Then the trough of disillusionment. And then the slope of enlightenment. And finally, the plateau of productivity. Experiencing this cycle so many times, I've come to view new technologies through a lens that cautions, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. But I think there are some really new and exciting technologies that are maturing right now. Some are in the marketplace right now and gaining traction. Some soon will be. The Internet of Things, or IoT, is one of those areas that have been talked about for a few years now and is just starting to gain traction. IoT devices are and will be the millions of interrelated devices, or digital machines if you will, that have the ability to accumulate and transfer data over networks without requiring any human intervention to do so. They might be things like sensors or cameras that can capture specific kinds of data 
and transmit it over a network to systems that are capable of interpreting the data and storing the data. In its most simple form, it might be something like a sensor on some sort of mechanical or digital device. The IoT sensor may simply count machine cycles or it may sense anomalies with the machine and transmit that information back to a source capable of interpreting and analyzing the data and either making a human being aware of the anomaly or even having a system ship a replacement part to the location of the machine and send a message to advise staff that a given part has reached end of life or is causing some problem. More advanced IoT devices may accumulate all sorts of data. Maybe video images capable of facial recognition or capable of identifying some situation that requires attention by another machine or system or that requires human intervention. Some predict by 2022, IoT will save consumers and businesses $1 trillion per year in maintenance, service, and consumables. So these IoT devices aren't real smart, at least not yet. They're great at capturing data and sending data upstream over a network. The key is what happens with the data the IoT device collects. Ah, enter the science of machine learning in AI. So let's talk about machine learning a bit first. Machine learning, or ML, are algorithms that improve automatically through experience. That is, they learn from experience. The algorithms build a mathematical model based on sample data and accumulated actual data in order to make predictions and even decisions without being explicitly programmed to do so. They, in effect, learn. So let's look into what these mathematical models are and how they work. Now, the mathematical models are used to create what are termed neural networks. Neural networks are modeled after how a child's brain learns, how it learns to distinguish different objects, maybe a large object from a small object, or an orange ball from a blue ball, or a ball, regardless of color, from a pencil. Anyway, all of this data from IoT devices, sensors and the like, is being captured, stored, and analyzed, looking for trends in order to predict an outcome or what should happen next, which then leads us to the AI part. Artificial intelligence, or AI, also uses algorithms and mathematical models like ML but AI goes beyond by optimizing these mathematical models and building artificial neural networks to begin to create logic paths that are based on statistics, probability, and economics as well. I know, sounds pretty sophisticated, doesn't it? Almost sci-fi? Something likely to happen way out in the future. Well, it's not. In fact, your new Apple phone has a special chip in it dedicated to the latest generation of neural networks. The iPhones can recognize patterns, make predictions, and learn from experience similar, but not exactly the same way as you do. At least not yet. 
Maybe one of the most relatable examples of machine learning in neural networks and AI is in voice recognition. Many of us dictate into our phones or request information from Siri, Alexa, or Google all the time. While it's far from perfect, voice recognition gets better over time and with use. My HomePod can tell the difference between my voice and my wife's voice. It will yield different results based on who's talking. And it learns from our speech patterns as well as any routine it can discern in order to predict our behavior and respond accordingly. A case in point of my own. I started using Siri years ago. I was intrigued by what she could understand and how well or at times not well she responded to my questions or instructions. My wife, on the other hand, rarely, if ever, used Siri. Like some of you, a few years ago, I started to get into home automation, and because I'm an Apple guy, I chose the Home app. And of course, Siri to control my smart devices in my home. Yeah, I know, the Home app is not the best app in the world, but I'm still rooting for Apple to keep making it better. In any case, my wife, now hearing me give Siri all kinds of commands to turn lights off and on or open and close the garage door, decided maybe it was time to give Siri a try. While she had the latest iPhone capable of machine learning, her first attempts at using Siri failed miserably. First, you see, my wife's name is Laura, and for some reason, Siri started calling her Hora. Not sure why, but suffice it to say, it didn't go over well with Laura. I would ask Siri some question, and she would respond with ease. Laura would ask the same question and get a totally different answer. But as time went on, and with more frequent attempts by Laura on the home automation front, Siri began to recognize her voice and respond appropriately. In fact, I can confidently say she never calls Laura, Hora, any longer. Whew. Thank God for machine learning. So with that brief high-level background on IoT, machine learning, and AI, in my own personal example, there's another technology evolution that's happening these days that I think will bring IoT, machine learning, neural networks, and AI even more mainstream in our lives. Remember a few minutes ago when I said that IoT devices like sensors and cameras and the like collected data and transmitted it over a network without human intervention? Well, until recently, that data was transmitted over a network to some distant location, the cloud somewhere, where it could be stored and processed and some action in response to that data could be taken. The network, or maybe the distance of the network, was the pacing factor to how fast the data accumulated by the IoT device could be processed and responded to. The other pacing factor in many cases was, how do I even get a network to the IT device? Where are these devices? Maybe it's an IoT device located on some drilling rig out in the ocean. How do I get a network there? 
does the cost in getting a network there negate the advantage provided by the IoT device itself? Ah, enter a new offering, a new architecture from Microsoft. So in this latest technology cycle, if you will, Microsoft has announced that they are delivering the same hardware and architecture that they have in their monolithic data centers around the world in a smaller footprint as far to the edge of the existing networks as possible in the telecommunication carriers, data centers, and points of presence and will then leverage high-speed 5G wireless networks in order to connect to edge devices like IoT devices everywhere, thereby providing the local computing power and capability to gather, interpret, and respond to data being sent by the IoT devices wherever they are. All of this then making it easier to connect to IoT devices, significantly lowering the cost of connecting to those IoT devices, and most importantly, being able to best respond to and control those IoT devices with minimal latency and at low cost. In my view, this is a very, very big deal. It substantiates the use of IoT devices, which substantiates the use of ML and AI. The byline of this podcast says, look to the past to better predict the future. Well, it's my belief that each technology cycle builds on the previous, and not in a random way, but in a logical and purposeful way. And that when you connect the dots over the last four decades, what you see is a trajectory into the future. And when you look at this trajectory, you see that technology had to evolve in this way in order to get us to where we are today, and in order to position us for future technologies that will continue to build on this trajectory. I believe that the technologies that build on this trajectory will survive and will change our lives and our society at large, hopefully in a good way. The ones that don't may at best be a diversion. And at worst, well, Please join me in the next episode where we'll take a closer look at the trajectory of technology and how machine learning and AI may influence our lives and the society in which we live. Until then, stay well and take care of each other.